everybody welcome back to the championship leadership podcast and today i'm excited we have tony banta he is here he's the host of the client whisperer podcast as well as uh the owner of the client success system that is his system that he has put together works together with his wife uh which is awesome and i'm sure uh sometimes very interesting as well to to work side by side with your wife but um you know there's uh, <laughs> I just say that from my personal perspective of, of thinking to work with my wife, but I know you were talking about it and how amazing it is. So I love it. Thank you so much for being here and uh, just excited for this episode. Absolutely, Nate. It's so great to be here with you. Yeah. So, well, well first, I, I do want to ask this question because we, we ask this all the time to kind of get the conversation going, but then yeah. I'd love to just get into a little bit of your backstory and, and uh, what, what has put you on the path that you are here today inside of your podcast and the client success system. But yeah, first and foremost, Championship Leadership is the name of my podcast. And so I always love to, to, to hear what, what does that mean to you when you hear Championship Leadership? Yeah, I love, I love the name of the show, man. And uh, thank you. I think for me, a champion is, is, is someone who wins. They're right. A champion is, you know, yeah. is someone who, you know, works hard, they do the work and they win. And I love that component of leadership that, the, you know, when we do it right, whether we're leading our team, you know, whether we're leading clients, whether we're leading our, you know, whether we're leading our community totally outside of work, you know, whether we're leading the people in our community that, you know, that focus on, on leading towards a really powerful result. And that is, uh, and when I think about that, that's, that's really exciting. <laughs> so I'm so glad that you've built the show around it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, you know, whenever you listen to this or whenever we get this out, but uh, today is the day after the Super Bowl. And uh, so that's just when you're talking about, yeah, champions win. You know? <laughs> I mean, yeah. there's no more prime example than uh, the Super Bowl and the Super Bowl champions, Kansas City Chiefs, that, that just, uh, you know, great game, but, but came out on top. And, and, you know, it's just that prime example at the highest level, right? People doing their craft in the NFL, the best of the best in the world on the biggest yes. stage. I mean, man, people, millions and millions of people from across the world, the entire world tunes in for that event. 
all the pressures on, all the stakes, and uh, and to see who can come out on top. You know, the thought goes to champions do win for sure, right? But you know, the San Francisco 49ers were pretty incredible as well, and it's just it's just amazing the tale of two. Like they really have so much to be proud of. Like getting totally getting to that. And, but you know, one, one team, one group goes home like devastated, right? And the other is just, uh, just incredibly uh, happy and, and yeah. celebrating probably still right now to this day. Most of them probably haven't even slept, but, but that journey of championship and always Tom Brady, I think said it, he said, uh, you know, it's, it's, it is either one of those two, but you know, you got to put yourself in that, in that circumstance, that environment, that situation. Uh, to have the chance to win, right? And so that's that journey yeah. that we're all on for championship leadership. Uh, there might be a little bit of a pain or failure, right, along the way. Oh, totally. Well, and and you know, to continue your 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 football analogy, there, I'm a big fan of the uh, of the Vince Lombardi quote of uh, "I never lost a game; I just ran out of time." Yeah, powerful, <laughs> right? That's awesome. You know, that's a little bit of of you know. That's a little bit of you know how I feel. As you were, you know, as you were describing, you know how the 49ers must feel, you know today. The, you know, I think that the people who have their the players who have their heads on right, I think that there is a gratitude even being able to play on that stage. Yeah, and there yeah. are, the, you know, like and like the great players, they take notes after the game, win or lose. You know, what yeah. could I have done? What could I have done better? It's a question that you know we ask after every sales call after every client, you know, after every client workshop that we do, it's actually baked into some of our systems to answer that question. You know, like, yeah. what did I do well? What could I have done better? But the, you know, we've had a chance to work with some incredible clients and some of them get better results than others. I try not to get into that binary of win or lose. Yeah. I try and see it as, you know, I'm grateful that we were able to, you know, spend time with those amazing people and make a difference. And, you know, we make sure that, you know, even if we don't hit our own, you know, even if we don't hit our own benchmarks or our own goals 100% of the time, you know, I make sure that we always bring the value. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's important. That's great perspective as well, right? So, well, maybe talk to us a little bit about uh, your background as we kind of lead into that. And, you know, what, what has gotten you to where you are? Again, you're, you know, you're, you're in business with your wife and, and you work together, you get the client success system. But yeah, how did you get to that point where you are today? Well, I got really tired of losing, Nate. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, uh, uh, some of where... What, so, what did that so, look like for you? Yeah, like when you say tired of losing, what, yeah, what is that? So, so I started my career as, um, as a software developer. I'm a, a systems engineer by uh, training. I worked in, in software development at, at the very beginning of my career and I was frustrated that even the best software solutions were powerless in the face of dysfunctional leadership. And so we would pour our, you know, hearts out on these, you know, like on these projects, we would work, you know, the, the software industry is, uh, you know, fraught with, you know, like I still have my, you know, I have my big tumbler of uh, coffee right here. <laughs> even as we record this, you know, it is, um, it is a very work hard sort of a mentality there is a real culture around that in that space you'll see people you know that go on you know like 18 hour long you know coding stretches wow and so we would do that on these various projects 
And then I would see it not be adopted um, the way that we knew that it could be, not serve the, you know, the uh, company or the team the way that we knew that it could be. And that was frustrating for me. I don't like to, you know, I don't like it when that happens. I don't like it when we don't, you know, when we don't get to see the value or the true potential in something really manifest in a, you know, in as, as powerful a way as we know it, it uh, as we know that it can. So I spent the next phase of my career, you know, diving into the leadership practices that made organizations tick. And so I was a, um, I was a corporate consultant for about a decade working with, uh, you know, a few local companies. I'm on the East Coast in uh, Pennsylvania, worked for a few universities. Um, and I would also do a lot of, a lot of travel, you know, travel on site to work on site with a, a company for a few days a week and then fly back home. And after doing that for a while, which was a great way to spend, you know, which was, I was saying this to you before the show, it was a great way to spend my, you know, 20s. It was a great, yeah. it was a great chunk of time and was great to see such a diverse amount of people, you know, working both in, you know, the center of the country and working in, you know, California and, uh, you know, spending some time in the South and, and, you know, just seeing all of these different groups of people. But those leadership practices were always the same. The struggles that they had were always the same. It was a mm -hmm. lack of it was a lack of vision. It was a lack of communication, or it was a lack of of the right people being in the right positions. It was always those three. And once we fixed the really good news was once we fixed those things, that then unleashed everybody's best talents and best abilities to be able to really serve the greater good. But after spending that time doing that, I was tired of you know I was tired of spending all of my you know time in a plane or in a car. Yeah, right. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to, uh, you know, start a family of my own. I wanted to, you know, be in one place. So we started uh, pivoting some of what we were, some of what we were doing in that space to working online with coaches, consultants, optimizing their curriculum, just like we would optimize the curriculum for, you know, training programs um, inside of those uh, corporations or things like that. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, you know, talk, obviously leadership is a big piece of, uh, what I love to talk about with the, with the name of the show here, but yeah. um, maybe talk a little bit about, well, there's a few things. So I'll start with the first. What, what made you really, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily think software development to leadership, right? I don't know. I mean, the, the two don't go hand in hand necessarily in, in my mind, uh, although it shouldn't be a huge surprise that you would be in these situations, work with these companies and, and, and have that realization. And then to come to find out like, you know, there's really three issues that are going on. The more that you go out and see, it's like the problems that they're dealing with are not unique to, you know, it's, it's very common. And we see that, of mm -hmm. course, as a coach, you see that as, as men and women come into our programs, they're dealing with a lot of the same things, you know, and no surprise. And, uh, but, but the feeling can be that, you know, when you're alone or isolated off where you're from, that it is unique to you, that you are kind of alone, that no one else can, can, uh, um, relate with you when it comes to certain things like that. So what was that realization for you? And, and, uh, and then, you know, to the point of how you were able to come up with that system to, to help them to, to get through that, to, to solve those, those problems. Yeah, hundred percent. I think the, I think the original switch happened for me in that, um, you know, systems are systems are systems. So, you know, once you, the, you know, once you understand the system's mindset, you can start to see things that, that, you know, you can start to, I liken it to the, it's sort of like in the movie, The Matrix, when Neo 
realizes he's the one and he sees everything as, you know, code. And once you understand the, you know, how systems thinking really works, you can see the hidden code that, that, you know, really undergirds everything that we do always. Like, why does, you know, like, why does Maria always leave the, you know, like always leave the, you know, the sink dirty um, at the office? You know, why does, I just picked on, you know, I just picked on poor Maria. I don't even know yeah, who right, she is. Right. <laughs> you know, Maria why does. Right now and she's like, man, how does he know? That's <laughs> right. <laughs> why does, you know, like, why does Jake, you know, like, why is Jake always bucking the, you know, leadership and always trying to do something his own way? I mean, why are these things happening? And then when we begin to just peel back the layers, we see that, you know, we can see and, 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 you know, personality tests back in the consulting days, and we even use it today uh, with our clients. The once you can see a personality test, especially if you work in a team, you know, once you can understand a little bit about how there are other people who can be totally rational and think differently than you do, mm-hmm. you know, that shines a light into that hidden system that's going on. Like, oh, you know, they're like, they're, their value system is just slightly different than mine. You know, they care a lot more about, you know, things being, things being orderly than I do. Here I'm playing, you know, I'm playing Maria with the, uh, with the yeah, dirty yeah. dishes in the sink. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they care about things being a little bit more, a little bit more orderly than I do. And so now we have a new shared vocabulary. We have a new way that we can talk about it. How that shift happened for me that, you know, I started to ask questions once people didn't use the software. Mm-hmm. Now we're going back in time, right? We're yeah. going back. Uh, you know, maybe about 15 years, but, but, you know, once people weren't using these tools that, you know, that um, we were working on for them, you know, I got like, like, I got curious. I had to ask why, you know, I had to ask, Hey, what's going on. And soon I saw the same systems that we were working on with the software that, you know, the scope of that system, we just had the scope wrong. You know, we weren't mm-hmm. looking, we, you know, we weren't zooming out, you know, far enough to really see everything else that was going on for them because they were making rational decisions uh, for them, all of the people within those, you know, within those companies, within those leadership structures. So we just had to hack, we just had to hack leadership, Nate. That's all. Yeah. yeah. Great. So <laughs> yeah, I love it. Hacking leadership. I, I've never uh, thought about it that way either, but what's, um, we'll talk how, how you made that transition. Cause you know, a lot of entrepreneurs, business owners listening in, many of them wanting to make a transition to something else or thinking about it right now, currently. and you know, it's a big step. It's a hard step. Some people never take it because of the fear or whatever might be going on. The thought of, of making the change for something that might be working, kind of providing, but not really what they want to do, but not willing to take that risk to, to do that. You've done that. And a couple times. Yeah. yeah. A few times. And, and so talk maybe through that and how were you yeah. were able to make the leap and also, you know, just kind of that journey through that to where you are today with client success systems and, and maybe give us a, a just a real good picture of what exactly is client success systems and, and who you work for. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'll I'll start there and then I'll and then I'll explain a little bit about how we made that leap. The, yeah. the client success system, we work with client businesses, um, coaches, consultants, agencies, service providers. We even worked for some for some medical practices, um, you know, because okay. a patient is really just a client. We've even done some speaking to various groups of, of, you know, construction workers, things like that, because they work with, you know, when they're going into someone's home to, you know, fix something, do a home improvement project, they're very much a, you know, client. And as we work with them, what we look to do is to 
create the optimal curriculum um, that they're going to help their client with. Because even if they are an agency, there's still a degree of you know, curriculum in there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a degree of you know, learning. So, and for some of those groups, if you know, curriculum's too big, just swap it out with you know, what does the client need to know, right? What yeah, does right. the client need to right. know so they can be successful? If somebody hires a construction worker, if we just like, if we just keep it to things that we all understand, if somebody hires a construction worker and on a Thursday and, you know, they're starting and they have a dinner party on Friday, well, the, you know, we probably need a little bit of communication in there to say it might not be the best time to have a dinner party when we're, you know, when we're tearing down a wall right over yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's this communication that so often the expert who's really good at their field, in most cases, the the higher their skill set, the harder it is for them to put themselves in the position of someone who has no, who has no concept of, you know, what that area is. Um, and that's why they need the experts help. Right. So we look to bridge that divide and by, you know, first creating that optimal, you know, that optimal learning, what does the client need to know? And then second of all, um, to break down the hidden system of what the leader really is doing. Because if you've been a leader in a certain area for any amount of time, it's really easy to have unconscious competence, to know something and to like even know it just instinctively. You know, like you look at something and you can just tell exactly what's wrong with it. You know, we even face this ourselves, right? We've even faced this ourselves where I can look at somebody's training portal and within about five minutes, I can tell them exactly where clients are, you know, losing interest, exactly where they're struggling. And then as we ask more questions, you know, we can get, we can get even deeper. It's usually where we start with clients is with a front end, with a front end audit. So we can provide the client some clarity and then go from there. But um, with that, with that unconscious competence, we want to break that apart um, so that there's a system for that. Because once there's a system, a really powerful thing happens. It makes it a lot less likely for burnout to occur because where a client business owner a, a client leader is usually how we refer to them as, you know, where they get burned out is when they have to continue to do emotional work time after time that's undefined. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're doing that kind of work that's defined, it's one, a lot easier for them to do. And two, it's a lot easier for them to hand it off to a team member that they hire as they're scaling. Um, when they don't have those things, it can be really challenging because they're, you know, they're treating every person like it's new. I know you do a lot of uh, public speaking, and if you have to, to, like, if you gave a brand new talk, you know, every time you got on stage, and it was entirely new, yeah, and that you know you didn't really have time to you know practice beforehand. You were doing it every day, like a lot of our you know client leaders are working with clients, or you know most days. That would be extremely stressful, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But once we can kind of boil that down to, you know, to just like in, you know, just like in, uh, you know, speaking scenario, once you boil that down to a few different, you know, predefined talks that we can, of course, you know, customize per, you know, per client or in the speaking example, you know, per group, um, you know, we can always add in a little bit of local color for what that, you know, for what that client or group is. But we've, but we've made a really big job a lot, lot easier and a lot easier to do repetitively. And then of course, there's the, you know, data, actually looking at, you know, the data of how are clients activating those new skills, those new behaviors. And it really doesn't matter whether it's a, whether it's a marketing program, um, you know, that they're in learning how to use Facebook ads or whether it's a, you know, health program where they're learning how to, you know, eat or, you know, work out in a brand new way. 
the, you know, we need to look at the data of how they're actually activating those behaviors so that we can make the program better over time. And that's how you have client business owners that are just unstoppable in their uh, field. Yeah. Talk a little bit about, you know, this is, this is great. Systems is great because it, it just makes, it makes life so much easier. And, and then, of course, from the client experience, it's, it's, uh, it's amazing as well, right? But what is it about systems that keeps most people from implementing systems? Like, I don't know, I could speak from my, my sometimes there's this, yeah, uh, please. there's this resistance to systems for some reason. There's maybe it's uh, overwhelm of not knowing how to do it, or maybe it's, I don't know, maybe it's part of like, I don't know what it is, like uh, what the resistance comes from. It's, yeah. There's, it's there, it's real for me, but I also realize the more that I do implement systems into what we do, uh, it's just a load that you can almost physically feel be, being lifted when you put them in, into place, right? A hundred percent. And, and, you know, that's what I love to hear. That's, that's yeah. always the, the, you know, that's yeah. the part that I love to hear from people that they start to feel that relief that you're not alone. And I think a lot of your listeners probably encounter this themselves. A lot of entrepreneurs do. Truth be told, I do inside of our own business that, you know, even though I'm the systems guy, right, that, you know, we yeah. actually have to, you know, we've been, I've, I've, I speak about this regularly and I'm pretty, you know, vulnerable about it. The, um, when it, it came time for us to scale what we were doing, I actually had to bring in some help. I called a friend of mine that, that you know, I knew had a kind of complementary skill set. And thank goodness they didn't have a uh, huge ego because I said, look, I need you to come in and I need you to read my lines of the script. Like I need you to be me for me because I can't, uh, (laughs) because I can't do it. And, and so that's the first thing is that almost always we need a little bit of help because when we're so close to anything, it doesn't matter what it is. It's really hard to, to, to zoom out and Mm -hmm. to, to see the forest through the trees. That is exactly what systems are. Systems are the forest through the trees. Yeah, I mean, systems yeah. are the, the, you know, the way that everything works. And yet when we're looking at the, you know, when we're looking at like the little, the little bud, um, the, the little, uh, the little sapling as it's, you know, as it's peeking up out of the dirt, it's really hard for us to conceptually understand that that one may die and that you know, it's really hard for us to understand, you know, that, you know, that there are thousands of other, you know, seeds that are in the ground right now vying to take its place. And that's just part of the system that, you know, guarantees that we're going to have, you know, fresh trees year over year. How do we do it? The other part that I see so many people get blocked and, you know, this is, is central to so much what we teach is that so often people want to apply a system that's a technology, right? They want to go to the software, they want to go to the automation or they have the human system down. And that's the, the thing that makes client business is different than anything else. You asked before a little bit about how we made the, you know, how, um, how we pivoted, you know, how yep. I pivoted from yep. doing the, uh, the corporate consulting to what we're doing now. And it wasn't incredibly elegant um, for me. <laughs> you know, I had to learn the hard way. I had that's to, important you know, to hear because like, that's the way it like is for everyone. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Almost yeah. 100% of the time. A hundred. Yeah, absolutely. We have to, we have to scrape our knees. We have yeah. to run into walls. We have to, you know, we have to fear for our lives a little bit sometimes, yeah. Yeah. Um, or at least the financial, you know, security right. of our, ourselves and our families. But it, it was for me, the thing that I realized in there, and this ties right back to, to systems and I'll, and I'll circle back to that connection for everybody. 
it all starts with client value. So regardless, the really cool thing about being in a client business is that it's all about client value. People love to talk about lifetime client value or you know, how, much, how much money you can get from one, you know, from one client from the lifetime of you know, working with a client. And certainly that's a phenomenal metric to look at. But client value is just the change that we're able to make in that client's life or business. And in so many ways, you know, that's why we do the Client Whisperer show. The, you know, I'm sure that's why you do, that's why you do champion, uh, champion, Championship leadership. Yep. Championship leadership. Thank you so much. There yeah, was one it. too many ships in there. <laughs> yeah, that's right, ship, ship. And I stumbled over myself. <laughs> uh, but that's, I'm sure exactly why you do championship leadership. The idea of, of, the idea of, you know, right now this podcast will hopefully make a difference for someone in your audience. Yeah, that's my goal. Every time I'm on, you know, speaking to a new group is that, you know, I want to provide enough value so that we can move the needle just a little bit for those people that are there. And the reason why I want to do that is because that value that I've created hopefully earns a little bit of their trust. And for people who are looking to make a, you know, pivot, the thing that I would say is start first, you know, start by leading with value, you know, lead with value of just looking at the problems that are out there. You know, we live in an incredible time in so many ways because there's so many incredible opportunities and there are also a lot of hurting people. You know, there are a lot of people hurting who really need help. And if we find those people that need help and, you know, we're able to help them, you know, we're able to create value, that value is worth something. And, you know, I believe not to get, you know, woo woo, but, um, you know, I believe that it is impossible for that value not to come back around in the aggregate. So when we lead with value um, that, you know, like I've had clients, who, you know, come to us after a year of, you know, like it was a year earlier that I had a conversation with them. Just a couple months ago, there was someone where, you know, I hopped on a call, he was struggling with some stuff, not a good fit to be a client, but, you know, I was able to kind of point him in the right direction. And then a year later, he sends me a client and, you know, thousands and thousands of, you know, dollars of, you know, profit out of that, you know, project, all because I planted a seed of, you know, helping somebody. And that's not why I do it. I mean, I do it because I'm a leader, because that's, because it's my, because it's my job as a leader, right? But yeah. um, it all seems to kind of work out. The, you know, coming back around to systems, this is exactly why I think so many people get hung up on the idea of systems, is that they start by saying, how can I create a software automation? You know, how, can I create, you know, how can I create an onboarding sequence? Mm-hmm. Well, why do you want to create an onboarding sequence? Well, because I have clients that need to, you know, that I need to, that I need to, you know, onboard. And there is this amorphous sort of, you know, there is this amorphous, you know, definition of, you know, what an onboarded client looks like. Well, don't start with the system of, you know, making the onboarding, you know, making the onboarding automated. Start with the value of how does that client need to change from being onboarded? What do they need to understand? How do you need to teach them how to be a great client? And once you get the client value down, it makes it so much easier to create the automations on top of that. Um, the, whereas when you do the opposite way, which is you know, sadly what almost everybody does, you're constantly jumping in because you see that something isn't going right with a client. You see that things aren't exactly the way that they need to be, that there's some confusion, that you need to do rework, that you, know, you need to redo something that you did with the client or you need to have them redo something. And uh, so when you're in that mode and you started first with the, you know, with the system yeah. before you had the client value, 
it's like in a game of you know whack-a-mole, right? Like you're just constantly <laughs> yeah, right. going back yeah. and you yeah. know trying to get it back on track. And so that's the contrast that you know more than anyone else that we want to highlight for people: lead with client value first, and you will never go wrong all the way throughout the you know the time that you're working with someone. Yeah, that's a gr- you know that's really great uh, point. You know, it's really what I what I hear you saying is just like you know, why, why the system, right? Like what, what is this going to do? How is it going to impact the value? Um, so yeah, very important. And it's, and it's, which also is like, just ask different questions, right? I think I've heard you say that a few times is like the, yeah. the questions that you ask are, are really, you know, so powerful and not just in systems, but in life. 100%. Yeah. What is a critical moment or a turning point in your life where, you know, had you made a different decision, you could be, very different place, very different path inside of your life. I loved asking these, this question in particular, cause you know, cause there are a lot of entrepreneurs, business owners stuck, or maybe that transition we talked about, you know, they're at a critical moment in their life where they don't know where to go. They kind of know where they want to go and feel pulled, but also feel, you know, others, maybe the safer route, the, the less risky route that uh, I think oftentimes leads to regret for many people, but they have that difficult time making that decision and to hear others that have that have made that decision and, and it's worked out for them and and it, it is where you are today uh, that empowers them to maybe help help make that that step that they can't on their own so is there a moment that yeah. you can think of right now that you could share with us totally uh and that's 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 such a powerful question nate i think for me and and i'll share a little bit i'll share a little bit deeper personally for me it was the first 12 step meeting that I ever walked into. Yeah. A lot of people think that the 12 steps are just for alcoholics or mm-hmm. uh, drug addicts or things like that. And, and uh, they're of course extremely powerful for that group. But what, what most people don't know is there are, are over 360 different 12 step programs for a variety of things that are outside of our control, right? For things yeah. that we can't change about ourselves, uh, no matter how hard we try. And for me, it was growing up in growing up in a home that was affected by alcoholism, and that really uh, that was something that I struggled with. I I denied that my thinking was affected by it for a long time, and I just chalked up the chaos that of things that happened around me. Uh, this was about seven years ago that I walked into that very first, that I walked into that very first meeting. Um, yeah. It'll be seven years this summer. Oh, wow. And I kind of chalked up that, you know, chaos that I was creating, to be clear, the, you know, around me, I chalked that up to, there was something wrong with me. I lost my, you know, temper. I was, you know, something, something in the moment, right? Uh-huh. Um, and despite me trying to learn from that, I couldn't see that it was everything about my thinking that was, that was distorted. It was, you know, it was a, like it was at a very deep level, I needed help, you know, from a group of, of people, you know, from a group of, you know, mentors, as well as from a deeper relationship with, you know, my higher power. And for me, if I hadn't come to that place where it was shortly after my, it was shortly after my father died, my, uh, my birth father died, I said, I can't do this alone. I need, you know, I need help. I, I don't know how to make sense of any of this. And if I hadn't walked into that room, I don't know that I would have been able to leave some of the corporate jobs. 
and, you know, like go out and I go out on my own with that, you know, with that confidence, I don't know that I would have been okay settling down and, you know, meeting my wife. And we now have a, we have a three month old at a home and which is just an incredible blessing. Uh, We still get to, you know, work together. It's not easy. You're right. (laughs) But uh, that doesn't mean that it's not well worth it, um, you know, for oh, us to you right, know, work right. through yeah. the, you know, not easy parts. And I have a toolkit to do that with now that is healthy. And I get to make those decisions. And for me, the, you know, the 12 steps also give me that same kind of framework that I was actually talking about in you know, business not that, yeah. I mean, not that long ago. Of, you know, I get to ask myself at the end of every day, did I show up as as a version of myself that I can be proud of today. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's a question that I ask myself every day. And when I have it, I have the ability to follow up and say, hey, I'm sorry for that. I lost my you know, temper there. And I get to really follow through, right? Because the sorry yeah. isn't sorry. The sorry is I'm actually changing my behavior in the future yeah. um, because you know, I have high standards and I'm going to show up that way. Yeah. So yeah, that I think yeah, has been you. the biggest, that's made the biggest difference. Hopefully yeah, that's, that's not too personal. No, yeah, no, I appreciate it. I love it when, when uh, people open up and are willing to share those, those things in your life and um, how they impact you. No doubt there are some, some listeners more than likely in a very similar place and it's hard to go get help. You know, number one, I think it's like admitting that you need help uh, is, is um, it's like seen as a weakness, right? And sure. For some, and and uh, just to hear these stories, it's it's powerful to know that it's okay. Like it's all right. We all need help. Definitely, we all need help. Like I need help. <laughs> we all need help. Coaches need help. <laughs> um, coaches don't That's have right. coaches. You know, there's an issue there. And uh, so yeah, I just thought, you know I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that. I really appreciate it. Real quick, I know I, I want to respect your time, uh, so we'll wrap things up here shortly. But a few more questions. Number one, like, what's the vision for you? What I know you have the podcast, um, you're helping, you're helping uh, business owners, coaches, consultants, leaders to have the impact that they want to have uh, through what you do. Like, what's, what's big picture for you? What, what do you really want to accomplish here in the near future and beyond uh, through what you're doing? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. That's a great question too, Nate. You're on a roll, my friend. Oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is, you know, for me, and for my wife and I, that, that, you know, she kind of likes being behind the scenes. She sticks me out in front and says, you know, I'll take care of everything. But um, we spend a lot of time, I will include her in this vision because we spend a lot of time talking about that and kind of syncing that up. Um, you know, we see that the world needs, the, you know, the world needs more people who are willing to do the tough work of leadership. Yeah. And if we can move that, you know, needle and, and, you know, we have the privilege of uh, uh, with all of our clients, you know, because we work with client leaders, you know, we also also get to impact all of their clients. Yeah. Uh, I call right. them my uh, grand clients because the clients it. of my That's clients. Great. And so a big part of our vision is, you know, we want to nurture that, you know, we want to help weave that, you know, leadership, you know, these leadership principles through every program that we touch. And as we're helping them scale, you know, we're also imparting those same leadership beliefs onto people who then get to be more empowered and walk through the world in a more empowered way. And I think that that's, the, you know, when we watch the news, not that I love watching the news cause, cause, because if it bleeds, it leads, right? Yeah, so we're right. getting a distorted yeah. view of, you know, what's out there. But the, you know, the world has, you know, struggles to be sure. 
And the more that we can have empowered people out there who are willing to have tough conversations and to do the hard work, the better off that we're all going to be. That's the rising tide. So, you know, that's what we're hard at work on. How that means for us is growing the podcast, um, you know, eventually the beginning of 2021, we'll likely have a book kind of coming out with some of what we've learned um, and some of the, you know, some of the the themes that we see around client leadership. Like we're just here to, you know, have an impact on as many lives as we can. Great. I love it. Can't wait to see this book. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, that's a question I asked too. Of course, many of the guests, they have books or they're working on a book and, and uh, so important, you know, there's that one client out there or many clients out there, the grand clients out there that, that can be impacted when we share our message. So I love to hear that. That's right. What are one or two things that you could, you know, as we do wrap this up, that you could leave with the clients listening that they could take and just impact? If they implemented today, it would help move them forward. Yeah. I think the biggest one is, you know, track what your clients are doing. The, you know, don't be afraid of the numbers because, because the numbers can't, you know, hurt you, right? The numbers yeah. just are, they are just a measurement. You know, if I took a, you know, tape measure and I measured my, you know, desk right here, it would be numbers the same number. Numbers scare people though, right? They, they do. Like, it's they're, so they're, much. Yeah. yeah. It's like systems. I don't know what it is, but there's resistance Whew. to the numbers. Yep. The, but the, you know, track those, you know, like, like track the numbers, track yeah. how long clients stay, track the reasons why they leave that, you know, when they are frustrated by something, track that. And, and I would say, you know, like I would take that one step further and say, in fact, as much as you can, try not to judge the numbers that you're tracking. Mm, that, you know, just awesome. capture it as yeah. data. That, you know, yeah. if somebody, like if somebody asked for a, you know, refund, that, you know, track the reasons why, you know, save everything you can and stick it in a file that, you know, don't judge them and then discount the data that they're giving you because, because all that information is a gift. And, and then I think the second thing is, the, you know, right along with that, you know, right along with that data is as you're tracking all of that, take the time and actually block it out on your calendar, like once a month or once a quarter for mm-hmm. you to review all of the data. And the reason why I say once a month or once a quarter is because you don't, you're already seeing all the data close up, right? Like yeah. you're living in it. But if you make the time once a month or, you know, once a quarter to actually step back, actually lean back, I would lean back right now on the podcast. Nate and I are on video, but then I would go away from my mic and you wouldn't be able to hear (laughs) me. But but like (laughs) lean back in your chair and, you know, look at the aggregate of all of the data because only then will you be able to make really clear decisions about, you know, what's going on inside of your, you know, inside of your client business, what's going on inside of your own client leadership. And then you can ask for the kind of help that you need to wherever that help might be, you know, be it from a, you know, book or, you know, be it from, uh, you know, honing your own leadership skills or, you know, be it by, you know, setting up some of those systems so that you can lead your clients, you know, better. Yeah, that is great. Thank you. I appreciate that. And yeah, there's, yeah, I think it's just the harsh reality of uh, now you know what the numbers are, right? And now you kind of like, now you're faced with it, but, but, you know, when it comes to your business, that's, it's important. It's a good thing. Uh, so yeah, I love that. Thank you for, for emphasizing that. What are a few ways that uh, listeners can find more about you and what you guys got going on in your podcast and, and client success systems? Yeah, the, uh, the best place is uh, clientwhisper.show. We'll give a link to uh, Nate um, yes, for you yeah. to, to uh, drop in the uh, uh, show notes. That's a great place where um, we've been hard at work on the podcast uh, both getting some amazing experts. We're working to see if we can get this great guy named Nate 
<laughs> we're working to see if we can get out yeah, Nate we'll, Bailey we'll, booked we'll, on the show, do, but his time's precious. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But yeah. <laughs> you know, we've been uh, you know we've been hard at work trying to get some really great experts, um, as well as a bunch of you know teaching topics. We even have a series called What to Say Wednesday, where we actually answer the question of um, when a client says you know blank, what do you say in response? Mm. And so one of the things that I would ask is you know um, if you are you know running into any frustrating you know things with your clients and you see a you know, trend there of a client saying something and you don't know how to respond, uh, drop us a note um, right there on the, the, the site, clientwhisperer.show. You can drop that in and we might feature yours on a What to Say Wednesday. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. So uh, what a great resource. Thank you so much for being here. And I am excited to come on your podcast here in the near future as well. And uh, I've, I've really enjoyed like I said, most, most, uh, most conversations have gone around 25 to 30 minutes, and we're definitely past that, which means uh, we were having a great conversation. So uh, thank you so much, Tony, for being here. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, Nate. It's great to spend time as always. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. When I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with her. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera, I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable from my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years of marriage has never been better than this and we got three kids that's who i do it for i'm gonna be a leader i'ma lead the way cause i'm a firm believer we can do anything we want if i said it then i meant it i probably already did it consider it done if you need some inspiration you should play this championship leadership podcast hey baby Hey, Bailey.